Welcome to According to Callus. This is episode 164, and we're going to call it Mission Monday. Why is that? Because this is the last couple of weeks of the year. And as we go to kick off 2022, that means we have to set the mission. The mission mindset, what are we going to try and accomplish in the next year? So I just have five things that came off the top of my list if you will, that I'm going to share with you. So, number one, I'm going to help my friend beat the odds. What does that mean? Well, my friend Vicente Torres has decided to throw his hat in the ring again for a city council seat. And I think that he is the best representative for the city of McKinney for a number of reasons, including he's just an average guy, just like you and me. Some would say smarter than the average bear, but certainly willing to put in the work and do what needs to be done and bring common sense and decency to the city council chamber. We have had a string of folks that get elected and are really nothing more than a rubber stamp, and we can do better. We need to do better. And that's no disrespect to any one specific individual, but somebody needs to be able to just say no, or quite frankly, ask a question. Don't take my word for it. Do your own research. Make sure that you're comfortable and that you know the guy or the lady. I don't think there's a lady running this time, but that you know the guy that you want to go represent you in the city council. And for my time, it is Vicente Torres. Number two, re-engage in the party. Well, you know, I moved a little over a year ago, and when I did, I had to give up my precinct chair seat. What that means is I have no standing in the executive committee meetings, which has been a major personal challenge to me because I love nothing more than to hold people accountable and to question the status quo and, quite frankly, to make sure that we're doing the right thing. In fact, I want the party to do the right thing. And sometimes when I force the issue or I attempt to make the party do the right thing, it does come with a personal cost to me. Um, I can give you a number of examples, but I don't think any of you would be entirely impressed with them. Suffice it to say, the last Senate district, I kicked off the Senate district basically laying down a challenge. These are a number of issues that are coming up. It was following the zeitgeist of the day, and I challenged the Republican Party to come up with an answer, to be willing to address those issues. Quite frankly, I was fearful, and rightfully so, that the other side would capitalize on it, that they would paint us into a corner, and that we would end up capitulating, or looking foolish, or hiding, because that's what conservatives often do. They hide from the issue rather than address it and take it. And there's no reason not to. There are plenty of good conservative or liberty-oriented answers to many of these issues. And if we were just bold enough to address them and to face the onslaught of the media or the culture, we could do a better job. And we just don't. But needless to say, I, I took my stand and I don't regret it. I can't say there was no cost to me, but it was important that those people at least considered that we need to have an answer. 
And as I get re-engaged, I intend on doing the same thing. Probably not on that issue because that time has come and went. But there are plenty of other things that the Republican Party or the place where conservatives hang out, if you prefer, is afraid to do those things. They're so willing to compromise. They're so willing to give away the moral high ground. For instance, if you believe that there is a sanctity of life that ought to transfer over to people that have made errors. Now, I heard a very good uh, podcast uh, this last week, and they talked about how biblical justice demands the death penalty. And they talked about the idea that there's pushback even amongst conservatives or the um, liberty-minded individuals on the idea that, well, we don't have good justice, so we're going to end up having bad executions, for lack of a better phrase. So we want to do something less than an execution because if we make a mistake. And the individual basically rebutted that by saying is, you are abridging biblical justice. You are denying the victims, the real victims, the justice that they deserve. You are indeed punishing the families and the survivors by allowing these people to stick around. Not to mention that there are lots of people making lots of money of these people being locked up for an extended period of time, not including the attorneys. But that being said, if somebody really truly did kill or even rape another individual and it's proven beyond a reasonable doubt, the appropriate punishment could include execution. And the fact that we are so fearful to do that when we execute unborn babies at a daily clip that far exceeds what we do in an entire year of convicted criminals astounds me. I think part of the issue is there's just too much money to be made with the criminal justice system. If we were to actually have justice and we were actually to have people pay a price for their bad behavior or, I don't know, compensate their victims there would be less money in it and the attorneys would be disappointed and we wouldn't need as many judges and we certainly wouldn't need as many prisons. But that's just one man's thought on the matter. But again, these are things that cannot be addressed outside of the party because they don't give you standing. And that's just an example. When you have rules, the rules have to go across the board. And you can't make that happen if you don't have standing. Now, I'm not leveling any accusations because actually, quite frankly, I think that the county party that I am hoping to rejoin is indeed a solid organization. But every solid organization has people that uh, are there for the wrong reasons. Now, those people need to be dealt with in an appropriate manner which doesn't always include kicking to the curb. <laughs> I, I know some people that actually think that is the proper solution. I, I'm not convinced that's always the best solution. In directly flowing, or I'm sorry, directly flowing into that, right? Number three, support the best candidates. So the temptation is to go along to get along, right? To don't change the horse in the middle of the race, don't um, find a new dance partner. Don't don't take a risk. 
You know, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And there is something to be said for that. Clearly, if it's an open seat, right, and there's multiple people running for it, and you have an established relationship with one or more of those candidates, you're going to generally have a good idea who the best person is for that job, or at least who you would trust with serving in that role. And sometimes it even supersedes the individual qualifications, right? Just because somebody spent time down in Austin does not necessarily mean they're going to be the best representative. Certainly doesn't mean they're going to have the best interests of their constituents in mind if they're looking to, I don't know, feather their own nest. So again, supporting the best candidates. Sometimes that means even when you are disappointed with a particular candidate, when you aren't thrilled with what they've done in the last term, but they're solid otherwise, and by and large, they get stuff done, and by and large, they actually pay you hmm, respect, or at the very least, lip service. They listen to what you want to say. And there's another person that you don't know, or that you don't feel comfortable with, Yeah, there's a situation there where better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Or better stick with the guy that we got that we know is okay, not great, but okay, than roll the dice on an individual that you don't know. And then there's the situation where you've got a guy that's been there for quite some time, and quite frankly, they're just not that great. They consistently let you down when it really matters. No, they look good. They they show up for the... um, press conference or the sound bites or they, they put out compelling social media, but when the chips are down, they just cave. They're like cheap suits. They're, they're, they're smoke. There's no substance there. Those are the guys that we really need a solid candidate to run against. Those are the guys that are all talk and no action. I think the Texas term is all hat and no cattle, Right. Those are the guys that really need to have challengers. Now, the idea is, is if you run a challenger and the challenger loses, but forces that candidate to actually have to, you know, take a risk or put something down on paper or, you know, adapt his position, then maybe it was worth it. Better still, if that candidate throws in the towel and calls it a day because, well, I I'm being challenged by my own party, which is very rare, mind you, but that's a good outcome. The other outcome is you go all in to beat this candidate. And once that candidate wins and he's reelected, now he knows you're a paper tiger. He knows the party doesn't have near the influence they think they do, that they're more powerful than the party. Now that to me is a danger. That is a challenge to the proper authorities, right? The party is supposed to be a representation of the people in the county and the representatives are supposed to work for the people in the county as well as recognize the direction they're getting from the party, which is not to say they have to be in lockstep, but they at least acknowledge there's a bit of a hierarchy there and I don't know, at least play well with others. But when they won't even do that, are we really getting what we wanted? Should we be satisfied with that? Should we not demand that we get an able-bodied person to run against a less-than-stellar person? Well, 
we have plenty of that going on. We have an open seat with at least two good candidates in it. We have another open seat down in Plano with at least two candidates in it. Uh, I, I'm excited that one of the guys is running because I know him. I, I think he's going to be better than average, but I have my concerns because he's not had that role before. Who knows? I don't know the other guy running, and supposedly there's a third person running. And from what I've been told, they're an infiltrator. And that's the other issue, right? So when you're trying to support the best candidate, you have to be careful because for whatever reason, we don't have closed primaries. For whatever reason, we find it difficult to not allow people to represent us that aren't, in fact, members of the party or aren't, in fact, in in alignment with our platform. In fact, we take money from organizations that seek to undermine our platform. I'm not really sure how that works. Indeed, you know, when you're trying to raise money, when you're trying to fundraise to take care of the party, to take care of the organization, sometimes you have to ask people for money. In fact, that's a large part of the job is to raise money. But when you're taking money from people that seek to have you compromised, that seek to undermine you, that seek to weaken your resolve, are you doing yourself a favor? Are you not indeed opening the door to the camel? You're not just letting the camel stick its head underneath the tent. You're opening the door to them. And I mean, it's bad enough that we have candidates that are less than stellar or we have representatives that are less than stellar. But we can deal with that. But when we open the door to people that seek to destroy the party and what it stands for and the principles that we fought over, how is that a good thing? Where's the wisdom in that? I'm not sure. So it becomes increasingly difficult to support the best candidates when you have people that seek to basically empower bad candidates. Something to consider going forward. We have to we have to check our six. We have to clean our own house first, if you will. We have to remember what our platform actually is, right? It's it's what we the people, it's what we the representatives, we the precinct chairs determine is the most important things. Now granted, in Texas there's three hundred some odd planks but it could probably be boiled down into 12 different things. And all these are like subheadings, if you will. And when one person or one group seeks to undermine one of those, I don't know, 12 different things that all the other planks fall under and they start picking them off and abusing them, that's an issue. That's a problem. Those are the infiltrators. But there's the old saying, right? That the... uh, Communists believe that the capitalist will sell the noose he's hung with to the communist, right? He's going to sell the communist the very noose that the capitalist will be hanging on. That's something to consider. Is that what we really want to do? I don't know. So number four, kind of changing gears here a little bit, live with vigor. What that means is that It's challenging to not be discouraged. It's challenging not to see all that's going on around you. What with the uh, 
after effects of the government shutdown and the after effects of the overreaction to the pandemic and the legitimate side effects from lots of people getting sick. Those are consequences that are not going to be short-lived. Those are problems that we largely exacerbated by overreactions and bad behavior. Fortunately, not in Collin County at the county level, but certainly at certain city levels in Dallas County and at the state level, we did untold damage to ourselves. But me personally, I was fortunate. My company kept working. We were deemed an essential company. So I kept my job. I kept busy. I took care of my customers. I took care of my company. And we went forward and we kept doing what we needed to do. And I can't say that I never got sick because I did. And I can't say that my family didn't suffer because we did. And I can't say that it's been a bed of roses and it has not been. But we just got to keep moving and we got to have a little more vigor. We can't stay down. We can't pretend that the end is nigh. It's not. There are lots of opportunities. We just have to look for them. We just have to work for them. We have to have vigor in what we do. And why am I using vigor? Because I can't think of another word that more appropriately describes what I want. When you have a plant and it grows, it still grows. But when a plant grows with vigor, it's growing fast. It's growing strong and it's typically more beautiful. That's what we want. We want a life that's strong and beautiful. And you can't do that. If you're always compromising, if you're always hiding, if you're not standing for anything. Now, this one directly flows into number five, embrace the future. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know that anybody truly on earth does. But what I do know is you have to look forward to the next thing. You have to look forward to the next accomplishment. You have to work towards that next accomplishment. So for me, I've got my little old podcast. I'd like to have a couple of hundred regular listeners. I'd like to have a few thousand more downloads before now in, I don't know, mid-year next year. I would like to double the size of what I'm at. Ideally, Maybe I could at least break even. <laughs> the show isn't free, but it's not that expensive. I, I'd, I'd like to make a little money to offset that, but that's a goal. That's something you look forward to. That's part of the future. You just don't know. I'm trying to be creative in what I do. I'm trying to kind of look at different things that I can do with the show because it's part of the future. It's part of what I want to be doing. You know, I have a couple of really good opportunities coming up in the beginning of this next year, and I, I'm confident that we're going to be able to do some exciting things in the late spring and early summer. I know that the opportunity to lead with liberty is there. The opportunity to lead by example is there. The opportunity to project freedom to those around us is there. We have to lead by example. We have to remind people that they are still free, that their liberty is what is worth living for. Now, 
for those of you that aren't believers, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it at the most base level, right? If you can cut out Christianity, which I don't, but if you do, you should be able to at least agree on that, right? That individual liberty is an important thing. That that liberty to express yourself, to live as you want, to protect your family, to raise your family, those are all important things. Now, I believe all of life is a reflection of our creator, but if you don't, that's fine. That doesn't mean we can't be friends. It doesn't mean we can't work together. I'm not going to debate the finer points on whatever those details are. It's, it's, it's not going to be a distraction in my life. I'm happy to have that discussion offline. I'm happy to talk to anybody that wants to spend the time doing it, but I'm not going to get in a debate. I'm not going to waste everybody else's time with this. There are things (laughs) that are obviously noticeable if you will just take the time to look at it. I would encourage you all to do that. Do your own research. Know what you know and know why you believe the things that you believe. That is part of embracing the future. The future that is coming in some ways is scary. There are those that are in power that seek to expand their tyranny. They seek to enforce more controls upon us. The only thing we can do is not comply. The only thing we can do is be happy and joyful in what we do and how we live and don't comply. Now, hopefully this will never come to a violent head, but there are a lot of people out there that think that's the inevitable outcome. But I choose to embrace a positive future. I choose to believe that if we do the work, if we stand firm, that we can avoid that. I'm suggesting that it's worth the time. I'm suggesting that it's worth the effort. I'm suggesting that if you will just have the courage now, it will require less of you later. I'm suggesting as we deal with the future and what comes upon us, we need to be prepared. Whether you believe things are always going to get better or whether you think, well, you know, things got to get worse before they get better, it's irrelevant. You must do the best you can. To represent. We must be patient. Well folks. I am going to cut it short. I uh, I just don't have anything more to add at the moment. Uh, I know that the uh, rest of the week. Shall be rather entertaining. And we can look forward to at least two more episodes. Between now and Saturday. With that. This is According to Callus. This was episode 164. Talking about a mission. On Monday. And I will see you on the other side.